Here's Gourlami. Hey guys, welcome back to Who Watches the Watchers. My name is Ian. This is Paul Damien. And this is Kenny. And this week we're talking about the Green Mile. Why are we talking about the Green Mile, Kenny? Because we are celebrating oh. that this whole month we're doing Stephen Kingmas. Uh-oh. I'm a demon. Um, <laughs> yeah, and so we're doing Stephen King movies all, all goddamn sum- summer, all yeah. goddamn month. Uh, this is the cold summer, <laughs> this is what I like to call it. Summer of snow. <laughs> the summer of snow. That's so right. It is, the sun's out, and he's just dropping all those snowflakes mm-hmm. on us. I he, fucking love snowflakes. Uh, so we record this about a month in advance. Mm-hmm. This year, here in San Antonio, we got, what was it, like three inches of snow? More? Mm-hmm. Which you is like, last year? No, it was, no, it was this, this year. year. That was this year. Oh, earlier in January? Dude, yeah, that no, was, was in January. February, dude. Oh, it was that was in February. February. Dude, it was at the Valentine's end of winter. Day. Mm-hmm. It was Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you oh, think gosh. we're going to be seeing something like that again this year? Yes. I, I have all the well, I guess it's upcoming. We year. might yeah. even see it sooner. You think so? So yeah. do you think we'll be seeing it right now when this episode comes out? Do you think it'll be? Because this is like the first no, week No, maybe of a December. little later. Yeah. Okay. Maybe January? Because I think we got... A few snows, you know, because we did mm-hmm. get one like in the December oh, months, right. right? And then uh, the much bigger one come mm-hmm. February. So I'm sure we'll see a little clutter. I, I don't know. This has been kind of a weird summer. It was cold much later into this month or True. this year than you know months than we normally would. Uh, and earlier. So, well, like, okay, so both. Almost. I'm saying both. Like it stayed cold longer than it normally mm-hmm. would. And now I feel like we're. I mean, I always remember Halloween as being hot, but it was pretty. I mean, it's been pretty brisk the last you know few, especially the couple days, days beforehand. So. Yeah. I don't know. Man, that's what this podcast has turned into. We're making weather small talk. Nature is is scary, bro. (laughs) Yeah, that mommy nature. (laughs) Damn, nature. You say mother. You scary. Mommy. Speaking of nature, this week we're talking about the Green Mile, which we, another Paul as a main character. There you go. I was literally just talking to Amber about it. I was like, <laughs> I was like I'm was like, i the main character now. They're always talking about me. But it came out in 1999. Oh, shit. Uh, I didn't even yeah. realize. Directed by Frank Darabont, I mm-hmm. guess. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, who wrote it. And also, I think the reason why he was able to pull off a three-hour movie like this from the studio was because a couple years prior... He had done Shawshank, which we'll be doing at the end of this festival. I was going to mention, he's kind of obviously a Stephen King head himself. Because I think he did The Mist as well. He's done The Mist as well. Yeah, so he's got a few Stephen King projects under his belt. I love The Mist. Oh, you've seen The Mist. I haven't seen it. I haven't either. I wanted to look... Are we doing The Mist? We we might. We could. There's still a spot. Either The Mist or Dreamcatcher. (laughs) There's still a spot. I'm not going to stop bringing it up. Somewhere in here. You know, the fact that it's directed by Frank Darabont... Low key, I might want to slip the mist in here somewhere. Yeah. I'm down. Either one. I'm, we, we better awesome, not miss honestly. it. You know, <laughs> missed it. <laughs> I'm glad we didn't miss it. Yeah, um, we might. But I mean, I thought Stephen King movies super automatically flipping into movie was kind of a newer theme, but it's definitely not. Because wait, this, what does that mean? Like him writing a book and then them almost instantly oh, turning okay. it into a movie or mm-hmm. 
uh, limited series or something because that's right. definitely a theme that's going on right now. Yeah, I right. thought that was kind we're of like a, new to like our time, but it's been like happening. We're in a king renaissance. Yeah, but it's been happening since the '90s because this book came out in '96, and oh, by shit. 1999, it had this film adaptation wow. of it. So I thought that was really interesting that even back in the '90s, they they were so hot on on the king boy himself mm-hmm. that they were like, well, "Let's fucking we're flipping this shit into a movie right now," mm-hmm. you know. So I was kind of blown away by that. I don't know if it was because Frank having just come off of Shawshank Redemption was just like himself mm-hmm. hot into the writing of Stephen King or what, but he obviously really wanted to get this project made into a movie. Yeah. I wonder know? like, like how, how big that book did. In, oh, like, like how well couple it did? Years, the reception. Two, three years. Because honestly, it had to have been amazing for them to be like, yes, you can make a movie about it but not only that but yes that's fine it's a three-hour movie yeah i think you you might be right i think we were i think this might have been around the time where i maybe even heard the name stephen king for the first time is like Mm -hmm. in the late 90s Mm -hmm. i mean i was born in 94 so when this book came out i was a stupid little baby (laughs) (laughs) you were like stephen king what i got boo boo i was yeah (laughs) i you know what i was so stupid i probably Got as far as poo poo. I didn't even say anything. I was just poo poo. Yep, that was your favorite word. You were yeah. just giggling. Around I was poo poo. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no. So I had this movie, three hours long, Frank Darabont, starring Tom Hanks, Michael Clark Duncan, uh, fucking uh, a great cast. Uh, yeah. uh, Bonnie Hunt is in this movie, who's fucking incredible. <laughs> she's, she's not even mm-hmm. up there. Of, all, of the hundred names, I yeah. <laughs> Um, which I'm sad we don't see Bonnie Hunt a lot a in lot movies in anymore. She's miraculously she's in a lot of Pixar movies as like background characters, but most importantly, she was, I think, the female lead in Cars. Oh. I don't know that character's name, mm-hmm. but I think it was Owen Girl Wilson. Car. Yeah, that's her name. Girl yeah, Car. Girl yeah. Car. Portia. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, we don't see her in live action as much anymore. She's only really lending her voice to these Pixar movies. That's so interesting. And not even like the leading characters all the time, but Mm -hmm. just kind of like background characters. So, yeah. Um, real quick. Yes. Um, I I might be wrong, but I think Porsche is an actual character in cars, (laughs) like maybe in like cars three. Um, but I wouldn't know. I've only seen the first two. She's like the sexy sports car. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. She's a Porsche. That makes it, makes uh, it all feel weird in our pants. She's yeah. a sexy sports car that all the other cars want to f- fuck. Yeah. They want <laughs> to, not to get blue real quick, but they w- the cars will fuck each other. They're trying to change her oil, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> they're trying to, they're trying to get that towing package, if you know what I'm, that's, um, if you know what I'm getting at. <laughs> So, so changing somebody's oil that's actually uh, that uh, is a sex thing already <laughs> no way and no yes, way it's i, I believe it's when like a girl puts her finger in a guy's butthole oh like to oh. tickle his prostate is that really called changing I his oil so. well that's why I all the cars so. are into porsche yeah, i think she's, that's checking she's a pro his oil, oil checker, i think that's you know checking his oil <laughs> checking the oil yeah. oh <laughs> so what do you think changing the oil would be in this situation? <laughs> a nightmare. I, I gotta you, put more poop in there. <laughs> you, got, no. you, you push a laxative you, up. You have, to, you have to insert a dipstick. <laughs> oh God! You're, right. You are a dipstick. All of this is gonna be bleeped. I'm just <laughs> you better. You better. Um, but yeah. Oh so God. the Green Mile. Um, ha, you guys. Talk. Did, uh, did that three-hour Have you time? guys seen this movie before? Oh, that's a great question. I had not seen this movie before. Had you? 
Yeah, when I was little, but like I barely remembered it, but I'm surprised with how much I actually did remember it watching the movie. So that's really weird. I'd seen this movie plenty of times. My parents both adore this film, so it was something Mm -hmm. that they like happily put on and watch every now and again. I think my parents are kind of like Tom Hanks of files. (laughs) Like I think they really love Tom Hanks (laughs) because... Pretty much, I mean, I, I can think of so many Tom Hanks movies like, that I, like, Toy religiously watch. Toy Story 2. Not even, like... Toy Story 3. Yeah, exactly. Castaway. Toy Story 4. Toy Story 4. That's right. Toy Story, the, Cast the, the series. <laughs> Wilson! But actually... <laughs> but actually, movies Wilson. like Castaway, Forrest Gump, mm-hmm. uh, Saving Private Ryan, The yes. Green Mile. I mean, there's so many of them that my, my fucking mom adores. They're, like, her top movies. The Burbs. So. The Burbs. Splash. <laughs> you know Splish. um big big small <laughs> oh uh uh what is the uh, uh league of their own that league was the one own. i was trying to get I was at like too. little league of their own the, the little league of their own so <laughs> the, now we're just talking about tom hanks's fucking <laughs> filmography i love um, tom hanks but this just falls onto a, that shelf of one of the movies that of mm-hmm. his that i've seen quite a few times mm-hmm. and i love i mean i and sitting how down long, and, how long had it been since you've last seen this movie at least a few years how um, many is a few years more than five more but, than five but okay. you when you watched it last you were old enough to like know what's going Absolutely. on yeah and yeah, actually I've, digest the i've movie. watched it in my 20s gotcha. you know i just haven't seen it in the last few years you know i think i'd even seen parts of it maybe in the last few have years. have you I seen just, any of frank's other movies yeah Oh, you have? Yeah, I've seen The Mist. I've seen... There was something else on his... Have you seen Shawshank? I have not seen Shawshank. Oh, okay. We all are failures of never seeing the number have one you seen movie. I don't think I've seen Shawshank. Okay. Have you seen The Redemption? I believe so. <laughs> have you seen uh, <laughs> The Shawshank Departed? I'm just kidding. <laughs> I've seen The Departed, Yeah, which is actually one of my favorite That's movies. That's also directed by Frank Durbont. Is it really? I was like, holy shit. Martin Scorsese. I was like, what? Yeah, no, I'm stupid. Uh, um, yeah, but- I, I fucking love this movie. I'm going to say it fucking outright and right up front. Cool. Uh, and I was interested. I was worried that the three hour runtime was going to feel like walking the green mile for the two of y'all was the joke I was oh going to make God. a minute ago. And then even. it was going to feel like a long movie for y'all. But I mean, I really think that for it. It doesn't need all of that time, but it does a great job with the time it has. You know, I think the storytelling is fantastic. Um, I just, and to re-experience it all again, I was really blown away at how much I actually like this movie. So I'm pretty confident my score is going to blow y'all's out of the motherfucking waters <laughs> at the end of this. So Fair enough. Um, yeah. Ian, I'm going to blow your load a little bit. I can already, I know you didn't he said it. love this fucking movie. So I'm just curious, like, what the overall reason for that you feel like is why like, do you think that what? am i wrong yeah definitely well, okay i actually had a question real uh-huh. quick um before we start getting into like our full feelings of the movies uh-huh. how did because ian you had never seen this before no. what were your like opening thoughts with the first few scenes how did you like feel about the movie so far okay so i don't want to blow my load too soon. <laughs> uh when was the last time you saw this movie when you were a kid yeah Okay, yeah, I just wanted really to, to kind of clarify that. Get yeah. the time basis on like how recent it had been for each of us. Because me never, you a long time, and you not that long ago. Yeah. So I think that that's pretty good on like standards of like rewatching this movie. Definitely. Uh, I mean, we have like a good contrast yeah. here. So I want to preference this a little bit. I didn't want Kenny to mention how I felt about this oh, movie. Just, just uh, cut it out then. It, no, I'm leaving it in <laughs> uh, because I watched the last hour here. In Kenny's house. And oh, okay. I had, I didn't want to say nothing about nothing about it. 
And so I let on that I didn't like this movie to Kenny. Okay. To prevent myself from talking about it to him. <laughs> you just thought, yeah, it's all right. Because if I had been like, dude, I fucking love it. We would have just exploded into just talking about yeah. it. So I, I, got you. I tricked him and I didn't want him. I thought that if I said, oh, I don't uh, like, oh, you like this movie? Weird. You know, yeah. I would have, he would have been like, I don't want to bring that up. I don't want to neg Ian right yeah. now on the podcast. Curse me for taking you at face value. You know, when you say things, I yeah, guess I'm full just, of just an idiot. <laughs> I hate, I hate talking about the movies before we're on the podcast. I know, I know but I, every time I see you guys, I want to. I just want to start talking about them. Well, and it's a bummer. So I, this movie is so difficult for me to not cry 100% of the time throughout mm-hmm. this entire movie. It's, I, I did watch this in three segments. Three very spread out segments. Okay. Like days. Over your sporadic weekend you've got had. You. <laughs> yeah, okay. exactly. Like at least two days between each hour I watched this movie. And still I was wholly invested. You know what I was thinking about? Um, I think that the reason the movie's so digestible, even though it's a three hour movie, is the fact that there's not very many scene changes. Yeah. Like they're in the same place. Yeah, for the majority of the movie, on and the mile exactly, <laughs> and it's and even though I have ten names listed on this board right now, it feels like an insanely intimate cast for that you sure. come exactly. to get to know in that time, and there's not a single person on there that I, that's why I wrote so many names because there's no one on there that doesn't feel relevant, you know, yeah. to who we're talking about, you know, like everybody you get so flushed out in character design and who they are, and even the worst of them, you have you know feelings about you know so i think that's incredible in design you know yeah exactly and like in all honesty um i you look at like newer movies and a lot of times there's so much happening that you get like an overload of information and then you start getting tired of watching the movie after a couple hours for sure and i feel like this this movie does a good job of like diverting that or making you take even though you're taking the longer road because it's a longer movie, it's giving you so little information at a time that you're able to digest it properly. Yes. Yeah, I agree. Um, let's just, for those who have no interest in watching the movie, but still want to listen to this episode for some reason that that happens. Hey guys. Uh, hey, hey, hello. Hey, I'm talking to you <laughs> right now. We're, 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 this is, I'm beaming these words directly into your ear holes. Yeah. I'm nobody else can hear this right now. This movie is about a man named Paul Honeycomb, who, <laughs> who Paul Edge up, yes Edge up, um, who is an old man at the very beginning of the movie, and he takes his friend to another room and starts to tell them a very long story. Mm-hmm. And so we're flashback to the year. At first, it's 1920, but then it turns into 1938 as as it's 35. 35. Yeah, yes. you're right. 35. And so we learn about his last year working as a, a prison guard a prison mm-hmm. guard in on death row mm-hmm. commonly known as the green mile. the long mile the long mile but, but yes. there's it has lime green there's floors a, yeah. so they call it the green mile right exactly um this is uh th- that that's just the the preference that i want to mm-hmm. set up mm-hmm. because now we're going to just talk very vast and open about all of this um uh uti <laughs> Am I right, boys? Oh yeah. <laughs> you feel every bit of pain yeah. through oh, this dude. movie. Yeah. Imagine not being able to pee at all. Just like oh my god, for days. Yeah. 
And when it does come out, you wish you weren't because it's fucking razor blades yeah. out of your, mm-hmm. out of your, out of your well, asshole, out of your pee hole. <laughs> Probably out of your asshole, too. Well, because all that shit's connected. And, and definitely anytime yeah. I have issues in one department, you, I feel like it affects the other. Have you yeah. ever accidentally slipped a, a through your dude? <laughs> I'm, I'm Every day of my all life. Of that. Three times. <laughs> I'm bleeping all Three of that. Three times. Sure. <laughs> I think um, it's just funnier if it's bleeped. <laughs> gotta be wild and bold, you know? But, but yeah, no. I, what were your opening thoughts on the movie? Like, how did you, how did it make you feel? I, I was enthralled. I was ready. I was ready for the ride. Like it pulled you in right away. Yeah. So I watched the first 20 or so minutes. Um, I can't remember what I was doing, but then that's all I watched that night. Oh, and then okay. I watched the next hour or so, like maybe more like 40 minutes at mm-hmm. work the next day at my desk. And with like, Tom Hanks pissing and shit in the <laughs> Trying yard. Trying to piss. Yeah. Well, oh, like, in the yard. Yeah, okay, failing yeah. to get to the outhouse in yeah. time. Just out openly on my <laughs> uh, on my desk while eating a turkey sandwich. I was just like, all right. Sick. Go. Hope, hope um, nobody walks by right now. <laughs> I had coworkers that were like, hey, are you going to eat with us over at the other desk? And I was like, oh, no, I'm watching a movie right now. And Tom Cruise. Tom, Cruise, Tom Hanks is just pissing all over the screen. <laughs> what if Tom Cruise just like just walks by like Tom Hanks just like, you need some help? <laughs> the two toms yeah uh tommy boys but no yeah so then that's the first hour i watched the second hour i watched was oh man it was uh oh it was (laughs) god damn it (laughs) kicking (laughs) we're kicking the table kicking kenny damien that was it was saturday i watched the the second hour oh okay and it was before i saw you guys at rocky's party Whoop, whoop. And then I didn't watch the last hour until right now today for this for this in podcast, my living room in with Kenny's living room dogs and cats and just an array of madness oh, yeah. going on around you and I was I was sitting there holding every emotion just like see you know. I, and I fucking could tell I don't know why I fall for your bullshit so well because <laughs> I could tell you were invested into that movie wholeheartedly <laughs> and I was intentionally not talking yeah <laughs> and I was glad my I, my mom was doing a great job not making a fucking noise until she didn't you know yeah but um yeah I mean I. I, we started the movie basically, yeah, two thirds of the way into it. And I got just as invested into you in that last part of it. You know, I, mm-hmm. I think that speaks volumes to the level of that. It, it worries me because this movie is graded like a whole point lower than Shawshank mm-hmm. on IMDb, which I think is unbelievable. Well, we haven't even seen Shawshank. I know, I, but I, <laughs> that's what I'm saying is like, how, how? How, how uh, this movie's how? fucking incredible. Mm-hmm. I can say this though. I've I've heard people tell me before that Shawshank Redemption is their favorite movie. I've never heard somebody tell me that The Green Mile is their favorite movie. Right. But I have heard plenty of people praise both. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's the only reason I can believe that score, you yeah. know, without watching Shawshank Redemption. But it makes you think, I mean, we're not there yet. We will mm-hmm. be there by the end of the month watching Shawshank. Mm-hmm. But it makes you think, are they snobs? Is everyone just agreeing because one person said it the loudest? This is something I would even meant me thinking on the reality mm-hmm. of why maybe the Shawshank Redemption kind of even just what I know about that movie is I know it has a relatively happy ending for its characters where the Green Mile doesn't. 
So it'd be, it's one of those movies. Mm. It'd be kind of an interesting choice to be like, The Green Mile is my favorite movie. And it's mm. like, oh, that movie where everything's super sad and all the good people die. I mean, you know, it's, it's the, like, <laughs> I mean, versus I like the character it. where the, I mean, absolutely. But it's one of those things, you know, I think people like a happy ending at the mm. end of the day. I think people like resolve for their, the characters they've spent all this time with. And that's not what this story is. Mm-hmm. This is the punishment of his actions you know what i mean yeah mm-hmm. this, whole, this whole story is about death and atonement you know and so it's a very different entity than what i understand shawshank redemption is which is more of like a redemption funny enough story yeah um <laughs> so we'll we'll see once we get there but you're right i it it intrigues me to see how it could possibly be an entire point better than what we just watched because mm-hmm. i think we started a little too strong with this movie i think we came on <laughs> guns ablazing and I, stephen king and started at the top of the mountain you know? it's gonna be nothing but hiking down from here you know so. I, I don't see week to week as as affecting each other from yeah here. so i mean i i i feel like every episode stands as their own and i'm, I'm glad we're watching this movie at all mm-hmm. it it l- lands in an era much like um the sixth sense mm-hmm. where i was just the right age where i wasn't either either i was not allowed to watch the movie or and and it plays into this role where everyone had who didn't hollered about it for so fucking long that I was like, okay, yeah, that's just one of those great movies that I haven't seen, and I probably won't because it's from that era. And you watch another movie from that era, like fucking uh, uh, episode one, mm-hmm. and you're like, oh yeah, the, that era sucks. <laughs> all, <laughs> movies, all movies then were bad. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, no, we did get Shrek. From that era, so it's obviously. Shrek. I think Shrek's 2001. I think I'm talking about 1999 to 2000 specifically. Well, like 1998, well, 1999 came out as well. Really? Fight Club? Yeah, I'm pretty sure Fight Club came out in 99. Really? Yeah. For sure? Yes. It's e- either 99 or 2000. Is that true? There's so many movies that came out. That- 99 is like one it was of the a best pretty good year. Yeah. Movies, yeah. Which um, is crazy. Real quick, I just uh-huh. wanted to say something. Uh, because this is our first Christmas week of episodes. Yes. Um, the first one, uh, coming out on Wednesday is Spider-Man and then Friday, the Green Mile. Right. Um, red and green, oh. which are Christmas colors. Hey, hey, hey I just hey, realized that. Spider-Man's red, the Green Mile's green. Yeah. And both of them are, uh, about Christmas. People. They're all about Christmas and Santa Claus. They're and all elves. about. You're right. They're all about death and atonement, <laughs> both of them. They're both about Tim Actually, Allen being coming the the Santa Claus, becoming uh, Freddy Krueger. No. Oh, <laughs> Chris Kringle. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, so uh, this w- there was something I wanted to bring up. Fuck. Oh no, I'm just it. I don't know. I don't know what I was going to bring up. I'm sorry. That's all right. Uh, fuck. I'm all out of whack now. Someone want to say something? We were talking about the year 1999. 1935. Like it was it was a good year for movies. Anyone want to Went to the talk? moon, 1969, you know? Um, yeah, no, I <laughs> fucking love this movie so much, but I really like the character dynamic we get really on between all of the guards themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I forgot to mention up front is that I actually, in attempts for this podcast, read like the first 90 pages of mm. the book to just kind of get the idea of the obviously the story mm-hmm. this was based on and to just kind of see the differences they maybe tried to take. Uh, it's like a 420 page book or something. I did like 90 pages of it, uh, which interesting enough really focuses on Mr. Jingles. 
Uh, that was much more of a relevant thing. Pretty much what I read was just John Coffey showing up and then the first time Mr. Jingles comes around. Um, and so where I, what I was very interested in is where the book chooses to delve into some stuff much more and kind of like shy away from other information. It leans or it, the movie does the opposite and decides to really shine light on stuff. It felt it needed to be more important for it and kind of like leaned away from other details. The book kind of highlights you yeah. know so mr jingles was like he like came up earlier yeah like in the, the, fir- and- the first book or the first time you see him he's just already established with dell you know oh, okay and he's like already on his shoulder um but then it jumps back to explaining our when we see him in the movie but you know that's told later on that's one thing that's interesting in stephen king's writing is he tends to not keep it totally chronological and i was very intrigued to see Got, that right. running true in the green mile as well as he really likes to kind of jump around in time a little bit um and the book is written all from a narrative of paul very similarly to Sorry. the movie being <laughs> told from his perspective Mine. you know so yeah. one of the major differences i noticed though was that pretty much any authoritative moment that had to happen in the story where like someone had to like put their foot down or be like the you know boss it was it pretty much always fell on tom hanks yeah but it's much more divided up between our main group of guards in the story um where they're all what is considered the regular workers there and then the, but there's others that there besides percy there's plenty of others that come and work mm. like miscellaneous shifts on that block every yeah. now and then but they're just like not constant people so like one interesting thing about mr jingles is he only takes food from like brutal and dean and harry all the ones who c- consistently work Gotcha. Mile, okay. You know, so I thought that was for like little details that was interesting for them to kind of lean That's into. Really cool. But I liked getting to see like Dean and Harry and those t- characters get a little bit more front time because I really liked them in the movie. I thought Barry Pepper as Dean was like what kind of like low key one of my Which favorites. One was that? He's the younger oh, okay. one with the blonde hair, mm-hmm. you know, and so I. I thought his acting in this movie is fucking badass, and he's like, like kind of one of my favorites as far as like the like smaller characters in it because i like when he's crying you know towards the end of the movie i'm like sitting there like (laughs) with him you know (laughs) so it's it's just amazing how even that those characters have such emotional impacts on you throughout the storyline yeah i guess that's all i'm trying to (sighs) fucking get at is that they did a good job with the little guys you know yeah no i mean our crew of regulars Mm -hmm. is um very cool i i i I was invested with them they were they all had perfect personality on screen and it was it was great seeing it um i really loved brutal i thought brutus i thought he was a fucking dope character i love the name brutal as a nickname for Mm -hmm. a guy named brutus (laughs) yeah definitely uh one thing that really made me very excited about this movie was that there was this great camaraderie between the prisoners and the guards and you see this this archetype written in other stories and it's always very um aggressive and combative combative and mm-hmm. we always see the shitty prison guard or the the shitty terrible prisoners mm-hmm. that are all like gross and and shit we do see that in this movie but only one of them you know every other every other character in this movie is pretty great to each other yeah and i love that about how they've written this movie, whether it was first in the book or then translated by Frank. And it, it's almost like a hospice. It's almost Mm -hmm. like the last days of these men's life. Why, 
why torture them yeah why order. make it worse for yeah. them than it already is you know because i can only you it delves very much into like your last mm-hmm. days leading up to your mm-hmm. no your you knowing you're going to be executed you know yeah. it's like what goes on in you during that time period and it's like you know it can be very dark and the last thing you want to do is aggravate that person because then they're going to just either go fucking insane you know it, it delves in both aspects of exactly not aggravating them but also going out of your way to talk with them and let them get their emotions out so that they don't keep it so bottled up that they go crazy yeah. and the other side of things it's getting them to talk you know getting them to open up and uh basically be therapy you know like therapists mm-hmm. really for these it's guys. actually kind of crazy like how much they go out of their way and to do things mm-hmm. for the prisoners like even to the point where like hey it'll probably feel uncomfortable if they see us rehearsing their death walk (laughs) so we should probably have something for them to do so we can do it and we'll do it really quick you know Mm -hmm. and so it's just the little things like that that just go a long way with character development and or just character delivery who they are right you know so i I love that kind of stuff yeah definitely um i just really love that um when we see the combativeness when it comes to the guards or the the inmates we Mm -hmm. only ever see one bad cookie out of the bunch and everyone always has it's almost like they pick, handpicked the guards because they're like, oh, he's a compassionate guy. Yeah, you know? I love good cookies. <laughs> <laughs> Let's take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll finish talking about the Green Mile. Kathy, I can't wait. I have to take a bite of this panini. Mm. Such a freaking jerk, always lying to me all moment the time. Moment of silence. Yeah, be quiet. I did do a moment of silence. Shut up. Such a freaking jerk all the time. You're always freaking lying to me about how you feel about things. What's wrong with you? Oh, did you start recording? Moment of Be silence. quiet. Oh my God. And we're back. <laughs> we are talking about the Green Mile uh, and jerks like yes. William Wharton and Percy Wetmore oh, and oh, the bad yes. apples of the world. Immediately in this movie, real quick, I just want to say, we see old man Paul. He's walking. He, he They always talk about how he's going on his walk. Mm-hmm. He even looked like me. And he goes out into the... <laughs> well, he's old. We don't know how you're going to look when you're Fuck, old. Fuck, I'm old. He just called me old. You heard it here first. Yeah, you're the uh, M. Night Shyamalan. We see movie. him walking up to his Aww. cabin in the woods. Well, no, he's walking out in the in the green, and mm-hmm. I was like, there's his green mile. Oh. There it is. Oh. And so I, I, you know, I knew this was a prison movie, but I was like, huh, that's the green mile. But then they quickly explained it to me, and I was like, okay, never mind. Yeah, fine. Whatever. But anyway, yes, there's some bad apples in this movie. You want to talk about them? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, I've met one of them, which is a fun yeah. little story for me. Uh, really? Yeah, Sam Rockwell, the actor that plays oh, William cool. Morton. Uh, I served in a restaurant a few years ago. Looked exactly like he did in this movie. Teeth and everything. <laughs> no, was he an kidding. asshole or was no, he a good guy? he was like the nicest fucking guy in the world. That's awesome. Him and his wife both. I have a picture with all of them because they offered. That's how great really? these people were. So. Yeah. Yeah, he was their server, and they offered. At the They're end of like, the meal, hey, can we take a picture with you, Kenny? <laughs> they Well, his wife is Leslie Bibb, who was like the wife in Talladega Nights. Like oh, really, okay. And so she was also the sweetest person you could ever imagine in the entire world. And then there was like two other smaller. I always imagine her with a country actor. Two slightly smaller oh. actors with them even. And so the group is with all four. The picture's with all four. But at, after. Those smaller our, actors are like two inches tall. You're on all four? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're, you're like on all fours. <laughs> I definitely have to bleep that one. <laughs> That's the second time. Yeah, but that one, that one was perfect. intentional. That one, that one was calculated. God damn it. I'm going to have to do so much surgery under this stupid shit. Oh my God. You know half of our listeners. <laughs> 
Dude. Oh, you should just bleep it out. You just bleep it out. But anyway, Sam Rockwell in this movie is fucking phenomenal. I thought he mm-hmm. fucking killed it so much from even the moment we see him being a drooling fucking animal, you know, in the the mental mm-hmm. hospital all mm-hmm. the way to the you know him attacking them and being like, "Oh, that was just a fucking act the whole what time." What was I his nickname? Billy the Kid. Billy the Kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, Wild Bill. Wild Bill. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, he's even a good actor cuz he got them. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> So I was like, I mean, I just thought he his acting fucking was spot on to be like the main antagonist in this movie, and it's it's very different than a lot of the acting you see him do in other films. So it's I thought it was awesome that he was like got to like really be this unhinged, obviously killer mm-hmm. uh, style. And then we have Percy, you know, the fucking douchiest guard that ever. Don't don't jump from Sam Rockwell yet to bring it back to. to... To, reel it back to Sam. Yeah, reel it back to Sam. To take it back to Wednesday, oh. this past Wednesday's episode, there was a couple years ago, maybe, it was a while ago actually, it was like five or six years ago, we were like talking about a Venom movie uh-huh. or something, or Venom and Carnage oh, showing, I remember up, that. showing up in a Spider-Man movie or something, and you were like, what if Sam Rockwell played Carnage? Because you were if? like, Wild Bill. Yeah. <laughs> I, I remember, that's the only, like, besides seeing like images, oh, I have another childhood story. Well, this, that uh-huh. wasn't a childhood story, but I'll, I'll talk about something else. <laughs> that was a childhood story. Uh, I had very little recognition with the Ian's Green Mile. I knew, oh, it took, gotcha. I knew it was a timepiece story. I knew it was a prison story. I knew it had Michael Clark Duncan and, and uh, Tom, Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks. I was a Tom Green. Tom Green Mile. Um, <laughs> uh, but um, you you telling me that there was a racist played by Sam Rockwell in this movie was another thing that I had known about this movie. But also, when we were younger, like in high school, Steven used to pretend to be Michael Clark Duncan in this movie and just like lift up his throat and just go... <laughs> and, just like, and I was like, I don't know what that means. And he's like, you know, from the Green Mile, where he's like... And he's like... And I was like, what does that mean? And he's like, dispersing. He's like dis- uh, letting stuff out, you know? And I was like, I don't know what that means. <laughs> In the Dude. book, they're called floaters, oh. which I thought was interesting. Releasing the floaters. The floaters are um, those things in your eye that yeah. yes, yeah. that you see when you stare at a light bulb too long, or, or just I, I see them all no. the time. No, those are demons. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a demon. Oh, <laughs> go on about Percy. Oh, so yes. yeah, let's get back to that Percy Wetmore. Mm-hmm. Very appropriate name for someone who pees their pants. <laughs> no, no um, but like also, pussy. I mean. The actor being uh, Doug Hutchison? I guess so, yeah. Yeah, uh, also fucking killed it, man. You yeah. know oh, I mean? dude, like, he did a great job. Being just a, a weasley job. little shit, you know? Yep. Um, but Shut really. The hell up, I did. I pressed that by accident, I swear to God. For as great as our. What I, well, the whole point of me bringing them up to talk about this mm-hmm. was that as great as like our positive characters are, you know, Paul mm-hmm. and John Coffey and Brutal, I feel like this movie wouldn't run or succeed if we didn't have such great antagonist yeah. to want to root against in it you know and so i really think their two performances matter so much in making you yeah. want to root against their characters so that when we get the finale of it it's just incredibly satisfying you know like because it's an, it shouldn't it's something that shouldn't be satisfying in a sense yeah. you know mm-hmm. but it is because they paint these two as genuinely evil people who deserve wrong done to them you know deserve justice i guess is what i'd say done to them so that was just my thing is that i really think that this movie shines greatly because it's got some of the best villains i've seen on screen 
in a Hands long down. time, you know? For sure. Um, I, can I ask you a favor? Don't tell me what Dell did to be in prison. Ah, oh, damn it. I okay. don't want to know. You don't want to know? Because it'll paint a different story for this movie for me. And see, but I think that's so important to the fact that the point being is that one bad thing doesn't paint a man. You know what I mean? I guess, like, I, but that's what, uh, my whole thing is then, uh, like Percy doing what he did is I don't give a shit anymore then. Cause then I, I only, I only know Dell as this sweet little like mouse loving man. I feel like if I told you, you would semi still, I mean, it, cause the thing is, is for me to know, I don't lose any emotions towards Dell. I don't see I him as any less of a character. My hate yet. towards Percy that'll get lessened. Oh, because then I'll be like, oh, well, I mean... I mean, but Percy's still just a piece of shit. No, yeah, Percy I mean, but regardless. so is Dell. I mean, is he, though? You don't know that. There you go. So I, that's that's, 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 that's your, that's your that's point, fair. though. Yeah, yeah. That's fair. <laughs> so, I guess what I'll even just point paint over that is uh-huh. essentially what put Dell there is an accident. It's nothing he um, even intentionally did. So that's okay. why I was like, it's nothing that would makes you be like, oh, fuck him now. Okay. You know what I mean? It's literally a complete unintentional thing that puts him where he is which is what makes his story that much sadder for me and what was i was going to bring up that's why i was going to bring it up is just that i was like i really believe that's why mr jingles connects to him specifically mm. because he's truly um because there that's a thing in the that he kind of chooses from the everyone who he decides to go to mm-hmm. and it, he chooses someone who's essentially genuinely like innocent mm-hmm. and heart and spirit you know what i mean mm-hmm. it, where the others are maybe killers repenting in their final weeks dell is someone who maybe doesn't necessarily not belong there but you know who his soul is much purer than the rest yeah being offered up you know because i would even say that our main cast are more killers than a lot oh, of yeah. the, the people in their own cells you know what i mean they've they've got a kill count to to be ashamed of you know Mm -hmm. you know it was crazy watching this movie because i like i pretty much remembered the movie scene by scene but before re-watching this movie i couldn't tell you the like what happened in the scene so each scene kind of re-invoked those memories Mm -hmm. you're like oh right i remember now yeah but i mean it didn't take anything away from it no as well like it just made me more enthralled into the movie wanting to watch more it was probably almost nostalgic even yes exactly um and like all of uh michael clark i can't the late great michael clark duncan yeah (sighs) he's a good boy he was a good boy Uh, who was was also in talladega nights Mm -hmm. yes oh god he was the um the crew pit operator. Yeah. Um, but I mean, his scenes were just so crazy. And I just vividly remember as a child, the floaters coming out of his mouth. <laughs> and I kept waiting for, cause like whenever he would take the stuff away from people, I kept waiting for him to give it to somebody. Cause I remember oh. him doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so when I finally saw who it was, it was Percy, yeah, I was just like, oh fuck, that's what happened. That's and, fucking awesome. Yeah, you know. So it just it the fact that I kind of saw some things, you know, remembered mm-hmm. some things, just it, it really excited me while watching the movie. Yeah, you were like hyped up, ready for yeah, those moments. Exactly. You're like, who's it gonna be? I don't yeah, remember exactly, exactly but who's it gonna be? <laughs> Go um, be somebody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I don't remember where I read this. It must have been like some sort of like Wikipedia page for like the dark tower mm-hmm. or something. But what Michael Clark Duncan's character has John coffee, mm-hmm. what he has in this movie 
is a form of the shining. He is a shiner. That makes so much okay, sense. Okay, no, that yeah, that does make sense. And so I really love that. Is that like there you go? It's Stephen King. <laughs> yeah, Do they that's... drink shiner? <laughs> I yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so uh, I I just really like that. Um, Do you want me to play something? <laughs> there we go. <laughs> uh, no, it, I just it lays perfectly into mm, the yes. Stephen verse, you know, the King yeah. verse of mm-hmm. in that way, and it makes and that works. You know what yeah. I mean? Because the shine is that it's like a it's like other the world. light, it's like otherworldly and like mm-hmm. the positive side of things. You For know, sure. it's like healing or like protective. So that um, makes you know, and of course, John Coffey's a fucking shiner. He's the nicest guy in the world. You know, it's yeah. like a requirement to have the shine, in my opinion. But um. Yeah, this movie has more pan shots than I've ever fucking seen What's in that? a movie ever where they're like panning oh, into someone. Yeah. And I think that's what makes it so emotional at the times is because almost so many shots are literally this, you know, and then they're just slowly panning in through conversation. And that's how basically every scene that's two people talking is shot in this film. That's and cool. it adds that layer of, you know, a connection and emotion where you're just really stuck to each person through dialogue or conversation the most you'll ever get is maybe like the little side of the other person's face when you were getting that full you know emotional look at whoever is you know mm-hmm. giving it's their, almost like you're one monologue. of the guards with them and so it makes it feel very personal exactly mm-hmm. it's very point of view in that way that it always feels like you're someone sitting in the room with these characters versus a third party watching it from you know like an, an unnatural point of view you know and i thought that was fantastic because you're right I probably cried like 30 times fucking watching this movie because it is an emotion, not even an emotional roller coaster. It's just fucking just straight emotion. It's just a straight yeah. line of emotion. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there was a part during this movie, I think it's like at the hour 30 minute mark mm-hmm. around that area where I was watching it on my iPad and I literally jumped up from the couch to run into the other room to hoot and holler i was i was yelling what was it uh it was uh uh i was i was yelling at ashley i was like uh the green mile fucking rules <laughs> and it's when uh john coffee brings back the mountain the mr. Jingles. mr jingles i was fucking punching god like i was the throwing dog did it okay <laughs> so real quick I, what was your emotion when f- fucking Del, percy or, steps yeah, on percy. it like just stomps on it because it was so out of nowhere no i mean once the the spool had left the, the you knew cell, what was gonna happen i was like motherfucker the thing is i didn't know john coffee could uh after we had seen him grab tom hanks's balls You're like, oh, he can heal just some i was like he can heal balls <laughs> <laughs> that's his thing he yeah. heals balls <laughs> Um, no, I didn't know that he could bring something back to life, so that didn't even cross mm. my mind. And so when we just see Michael Clark's Duncan's hand out of the cell, just like, give me, boss. I was like, God is real! <laughs> this is the greatest movie ever made! You know, just I, like, uh, I don't think he could bring it back from the dead. You think he's I, still yeah, holding on? Because you yeah. can see it like twitching a little bit, and I think that's the point with the little girls, that it was mm. too late. It was too late. He tried mm-hmm. to take it back, but it was too late. So it was too late. Did, how far into the book? Did, did you get Wild Bill in the 90 pages you read? No. See, no. literally, they were prepping for him. And mm. oh. the leading up, the only information I got was that he's meant to be 19 mm-hmm. in the book, which I think fits a lot more for like the crime and the attitude that he's like a you know 
crazy Hectic. late teen, yeah, versus like an older man. Um, but it also makes a lot more sense on why a farmer would like casually fucking hire him to be on his fucking property or farmhand like, his yeah, yeah his young daughter because he's just like a traveling farmhand and that was like how you know ranch hands or uh saddle tramps funny enough is mm-hmm. a term for him um were very common back then you know just moseying around getting jobs where they sure. could so in the like lead up to um him showing up in the book did mm-hmm. they by any chance say what happened like what he did to get put That's into jail my biggest because they i i don't think they referenced it they in the movie. they mentioned it a little bit in the movie which was oh, okay. that he because they the the warden talks about it because he's like about to break into tears about his wife um because mm-hmm. he just found out about her having the tumor he just held up some people and ended up killing three people one of them being a pregnant woman yeah. oh okay is what it is and so literally right in the even in the movie when the warden says that he's like one of them being a pregnant woman he's like <laughs> that's like, bro why is this fucking you up so much <laughs> you know and let's all of... punch our mics real quick <laughs> i didn't mean multiple punches <laughs> you know fuck um, this thing up <laughs> that makes me think like how stupid the fucking cops must have been because like he this dude yeah. was arrested <laughs> he's a, he's for <laughs> like holding people up and killing them and they couldn't put two and two together that he was also with the they're family like, of little two girls that were murdered they're like no. just a bunch of bad eggs in this county yeah. i guess yeah. <laughs> I mean, it all comes down to the fact that they literally found John Coffey with yes. the girls and, in his hands. And you know, the cover- racist, yeah, like, yeah, racial bias. Undertones for sure. The exactly. Because even the book, I read the entire finding of him, and it's pretty much the same as the movie shows it, which is that, you know, if, if they just, that's how they find him wailing so loudly. They're, well, they're, here's the thing they, there is one moment in and the book the things he's saying. that they talk about where the dogs decide get in an argument on which direction to go which i think is meant to be a hint that they're like hey the killer's smell is that way but the girl's smell is that way Mm -hmm. and so they end up whipping the dogs and making them take the girl's smell again and then they go to the direction of the bodies so i was like that was like an interesting choice where the dogs for a moment were like yeah we we want to go this way because the what you're looking for is in fact this direction but yeah the even in the book just the i I mean michael clark duncan's wailing in the scene where they find him is haunting i can hear i mean it's, it's like you can't hear it's, a picture it's like, tragic dude that shot there's there's so many shots in this movie and it's crazy because i said this earlier that uh we we spend so much time in just like one place mm-hmm. but there's so many shots in this movie still that are just beautiful fucking cinematography mm-hmm. like he, he did a really good job yeah no i definitely agree it's it's incredible the i wonder who was the dp on this movie the the yeah director of photography yeah because i mean it it is just phenomenal like the the scenery everything is great who did the score even because it's even fucking kiss a butthole and it explodes kaboom Kaboom. (laughs) (laughs) um yeah but yeah this movie fucking rules um I, I don't know. It's... Them fucking with Percy fucking rules. Yes. Yeah, that's like oh one of my, my favorite gosh. parts of this whole movie is how they get to slowly fuck with him more and more, and find you know to the point where it's like it's Dude. that person you know that knows somebody and you hate him so much because that's all they know. That's the only card they have to play on anything. And I feel like we've at least all maybe kind of known someone. Mm-hmm. I've like never that. known anyone. You feel like, like you've that. never known where anyone. they're they're in a place of Power. higher position because they know somebody. Yeah, I have not. I, I guess I don't know. I've never been in that kind of situation. Dang nihilism. You know, so. <laughs> um, what's it called? It, it really pissed me off what Percy did to Dell. Yeah. Um, that Everything was really he did just. To Del. Well, well, like, you could, like, Dell was willing to forgive 
the majority of the stuff mm-hmm. you know yeah um and even like humbly be like hey don't don't mess with me or hurt my mouse you know yeah, and not exactly. even be like hey fuck you you know what i mean like actually ask him like please don't yeah, be he, a dick you know like Dell obviously had no ill feelings towards him until he stepped on fucking mr jingles um and even after that when Mr. Jingles was fine, well, he Del crushed his fingers. Yeah, Percy he breaks his broke fingers. his fingers, uh, and then he laughs whenever Wild Bill grabs him, and then he makes him wet himself. Yeah. yeah, so that's the whole reason that he's Percy got it out for him. him. Yeah, yeah. Um, but just the way they do it in the—I mean, obviously in the book, but the way they do it in the story—is um, really fucking awesome. That they went, yeah. like, they went through uh, something that would actually happen. You know, something that kind of. Is is still kind of in roots with like um, our society because yeah, like sure. it, they didn't stop doing the electric chair that long ago. Yeah, you know, like I I remember being a kid and hearing about it. You know, this this movie deserves its three hour runtime. Mm-hmm. It it is structured so well to the point where it it sets up the stakes beautifully every time. Where it's like, hey, this is the run through of how we do executions. We're teaching you everything you need to know. Here's the first execution. He, you are ready to know this because, homie, anyone you love on the cell block going in the chair. Mm-hmm. You know? And so it's just, it's it's so cool how they, they, they set it all up perfectly and you don't feel like it's running the same gamut you don't feel like it's 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 driving anything too hard on the nose it's it's all perfectly placed yeah for you. i don't think there's a minute wasted in this movie you know and from coming back from last week where it was mm-hmm. half the movie was dreamscape and felt <laughs> incredibly wasted um oh this movie takes incredible detail in every moment we see you're right we know we see them prep for two different executions and you know and even though that is like in a way a little redundant it's not at all because we get completely different information from it and the point of like make sure the sponge Sponge gets soaked gets really driven home so that when we get to Dell's execution Mm -hmm. you're like motherfucker you know so it just really drives those emotions so well into the you know the hammer just fucking smacks that nail right into the board exactly just fucking you're just there in it and you just feel the pain and the fucking special effects of Dell burning to death are oh, the eyes horrifying yeah. it was Dude. incredible and i love that brutus fucking grabs percy and it's like no fuck you you did this and you, need you to get watch. to enjoy this yeah you have to enjoy watch. the and show they make him clean it up too yeah. so and I, I i swear to god i guess none of those people will ever go to an execution the fucking people watching will ever go to an execution ever again those you know? kids are fucking traumatized they they brought kids to an execution and that was an interesting question that i was given to after watching this movie is people went and watched executions like that i'm Mm -hmm. like yeah that was like going to see a movie on saturday night you know i think it's more like those that were affected but there were plenty there were people who weren't affected who would also i definitely agree would go to you think it was only intimate too i think it's like almost invitation (laughs) and like officials like apply for it because where you're like this is who the victim was to me or this is who the person in the chair is to me you know not to jump back on the book a little bit it's Mm -hmm. just it does talk on a i know this but it does agree this does fall in line with what you're saying there's a sheriff that he knows from like a county who would come and watch basically anybody he'd ever imprisoned and Mm -hmm. go to the yeah the death row he would come and watch all of their executions just kind of like all right well we gotta go see my boy burn you know like um i arrested him so he's mine to go see fry you know (laughs) so Mm -hmm. even if we were from the era 
and this was a very normal thing. Thing. Could you imagine? Uh, it, is it our like growing up that has made us like, oh, that's incredible, the idea to go and see that. I don't think I'd ever enjoy that or want to. Do you think that that is something that if you were born in that time and, and you had it, all these same experiences, would you have gone to an execution? Uh, no. I mean, if I had my experiences today. Obviously. No. Yeah. Um, but I can imagine back then... It, maybe it's a writer, like it, say it is a public thing, and it's a, maybe a father will take his son and be like, look, this is what happens to bad oh. people who do bad things. Mm-hmm. It's I don't like a want lesson to, to be yeah. learned. And I can imagine, just because like back then you had to learn tougher lessons and you mm-hmm. have to learn nowadays. So I can very much imagine that it's it would be kind of normal. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, you know what? I'm going to argue. What? And just let's hear me out. Yeah. I would say if any of us were going to have gone to an execution back in the day, it would it would have been you. But here's why. The closest thing I can relate to. Because I would have been executed. <laughs> the closest thing I can relate it to is like blood sports. You know, like going to see like gladiators fight to the death and uh, things like that. And UFC. who's who's still currently into the most modern blood sport there is this day, but UFC. But you, Paul, I Damien. think I don't I think, think it's a blood sport. <laughs> I think Paul that's Damien by fun. definition a blood sport. But but no, I'm talking about electrocution. Oh, electrocution. I but think... it, I'm saying the closest if, as oh. far as entertainment goes. You know? I guess that's Sorry. true. I think that's m- a morbid way to look at it because there is there is someone to root for. Mm-hmm. You don't root for the guy in the chair or the chair. Yeah, you know what I mean. You root for Go justice. Chair. <laughs> You're rooting for justice. Yeah, but man, you, I fucking they love win. Nikolai Tesla. They win every time. <laughs> That's why it's their favorite fighter. He's undefeated. <laughs> Old I Sparky. Like, I like the electricity. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I no like I even if it wasn't an electrocution, like even a modern ex- just needle in the arm execution, I don't think I could see myself. Oh, lethal injection. Yeah, going to you know like I I see myself. Just being weird. being content knowing that justice is being served. I don't think I would have to be there to experience I don't, it, you know? The thing is that, like, yeah, like, even if that person had wronged me, I don't think I'm spiteful enough to be like, yeah, I want to watch them die. You know what I mean? Yeah. It just depends on what they did, you know? Yeah, no, I mean, exactly. Like, I've never had certain circumstances, so I wouldn't know. But I, I just don't. What if they, what if they I'm ate a spiteful enough person, dude? I will watch the life leave their <laughs> eyes. Well, was it lava cake? <laughs> <laughs> I make a mean chocolate lava cake. If anybody wants one, uh, I'll take one. Oh, for real? Yeah. Okay. Um, what's it called? Whenever we start recording at your apartment, oh. I'll, I'll make one. Hey, that's like a badass legit. idea. I'll, I'll take my ramekins and everything. We'll make that's them. so dope. Ashley will help. We'll we'll all get in the kitchen. Sweet, it's super easy. Because so I don't sure need Ashley, y'all's help. Ashley would kidding. fucking love one of those. She yeah, would, yeah, for sure. Cool, because the recipe makes two. Oh, so there's there's four of us, so we can make two of Damn. Damn. <laughs> they're they're pretty big too. What was the what was the actress that played uh, the warden's wife's name? Oh, I don't know. Oh, was I just not? had her name pulled up. Um. Tom Hanks' wife was Bonnie Hunt, and Bonnie. I was Patricia right. Patricia Clarkson. Dude, okay. I thought Patricia Clarkson's whole performance be, it was mm. fucking incredible. She went from Palpatine to an angel, <laughs> absolutely in seconds. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. Um, and I really think that that's such a good place for the story to like go to. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Which is like exactly it's like the help we see him give is like more and more grandiose. You know, mm-hmm. and so like I can only imagine taking out a a tumor the size of a lemon from someone's head would be just like 
detrimental, you know? And so mm-hmm. I remember when I saw this as when I was younger, I was all, even having already seen it, I was always so worried for John Coffey after he consumes the like, tumor. Cause I'm like, cause I'm like, Oh no, now he's going to die. Like he can't, he's like, doesn't want to cough it up. He's going to just let it kill him. You know? And I, I always get so sad for that part because it makes a lot of sense that he would be like, fuck it. This is the thing that could kill me and mm-hmm. I don't want to live this shit life anymore. So I'm just not going to cough it up. I'm just going to let it fucking consume me. But then when we see him, pass it on to percy then i was like dope now that asshole gets to have a brain tumor i was like that's badass you know and, but then we see him then go on and yeah you know and transfer to Briar Ridge. yeah and fucking transfer to Briar Ridge, like we saw he was yeah. gonna do the whole time and go to the same room yeah. that fucking we meet fucking billy the kid in fucking yeah. wild bill and um but i was, thought it was very interesting that he does actually like cough it up cough up the floaters mm-hmm. in the end yeah he, after shooting Wild yeah, well, Bill. This in the book, he coughs it into the gun and then shoots Wild oh, Bill. Oh shit! <laughs> he shoots the tumor into Bill. <laughs> yeah, uh, you read the book. You read yeah. the other half of the I book. Read the last the, ninety pages. I read the last ninety pages. I read Paul the Damon. middle ninety yeah. pages, <laughs> but backwards. Yeah, but I read them backwards. So you, I'm you I'm not really sure what happened. You read too you're much like, manga. Yeah, you're like this is a, this is manga, right? Like, this, this shit don't make any sense. I don't fucking understand. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Uh yeah, this this movie fucking rules. Um I uh I am very much anticipating Shawshank after this. And really? I'm we have uh thinner on the board. Mm-hmm. I think I want to s- swap it out with The Mist. The Mist instead. And with and make it The Dreamcatcher? S- no. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> and make it a pseudo King Miss slash Frank Durabont kind of homage yeah because because then we can cover three of his king movies um i think he did a fourth one as well but i, I i'd have to look it up frank yeah. miss oh frank frank <laughs> king miss frank king miss um if you didn't know this was a stephen king book would you or a movie would you be surprised to learn it was stephen king yes absolutely even even yeah, with though, all the mysticism well, i was gonna say even though it obviously from my understanding has much more mysticism than shawshank redemption does which i think mm-hmm, is a much sure. more real story i would still have been very blown away to find out that this was like under his belt just because you know stephen king for me is pennywise and right. fucking mm-hmm. you know dr sleep you know the shining and right. so it's it's like almost more it's more mysticism and less realism you know where this is his other side so what about you well, when I was little, like when I actually saw this movie, I was extremely ignorant to who Stephen King was. Oh, okay. And for a long time, I didn't know who the fuck Stephen King was. I I just heard the name. Um, so I don't think I would actually have cared. I think I would have still watched it and probably still love it. My My impression of Stephen King at a very young age was either knowing about Pennywise's existence, Tim Curry, and my mom being like, nope. You can't watch that. It's too scary. And understanding that it was related to Stephen King. And then also hearing uh, Red Rum. Red Rum. Red Rum. rum. And then Peggy saying, oh, The Shining. That's the scariest scariest movies I've ever seen. Peggy saying, I love Red Rum. (laughs) (laughs) It it genuinely blows me away that I am such a King man now. You know, because I don't particularly care for horror as a genre as a whole and i didn't really give a shit about steven like my i was definitely not exposed to him at all growing up because there's nothing my Mm -hmm. mom or parents care about you know so it's something i definitely kind of fell into myself and i really think the shining and Mm -hmm. uh it it were big 
reasons that that kind of happened, you know, uh, rediscovering it in my adulthood and reading it for the movies when they came out right. really made me realize like, holy fuck, I just love the way this guy writes a fucking story. Except Pet Cemetery. You know? I do kind of want to read The Dark Tower. Uh, Gunslinger is not wonderful, but okay. uh, I have it if you want to borrow it. And then after that, I, I, I'm going to start reading, well, listening to those. Maybe um, we, should, we all should all do that. Yeah. Um, to go back to my thing, though, yeah. real quick. Uh, Get on your thing. Well, because I was talking about like mm-hmm. my exposure to Stephen King as a young adult. So when I found out, or a young child. So when I found out The Green Mile was Stephen King, uh, when it was coming out, I was like, must be terrifying. And so I <laughs> just always thought it was a scary, scary movie. movie. I, I've always that thought so. That makes sense, but to be honest. It wasn't until just recently that I was like, oh, this is not a scary movie. It was like maybe in the last four years or yeah. so. Um, this is an emotional movie. Yeah, for sure. How long do y'all think Paul will end up living? Because uh, he's... So, he, hold on. At the mm-hmm. ending, when it showed a uh, little, little boy in the matchbox, what's his name? Uh, Jingles. Mr. Jingles. Mr. Jingles. Was that him dying? He was still breathing. No, the whole he was time. still breathing. I think okay. it was just showing that he's his his little He's still, still ticking. Yeah, yeah. Okay. still alive. Um, I don't know. It, it's amazing to me that lightning or that the electric chair killed John Coffey. Yeah. Okay. So we find out it was 1935. Okay, it's 64 years. 64 years. Yeah. Between the between when he last. You know, when John Coffey's execution to when we're seeing him as a How long man. do mice normally live? Two like years. two years? About two years. Yeah. And that's that's like healthy living conditions, like oh. opti- like lived to as long as they could run. You know what I mean? Like, do you think <laughs> he's going to live like comparable? a thousand years? I don't know if it's to that scale. Yeah. It, I don't know if they're scaled the same exactly. But um, yeah, I mean, that would be crazy to like mm-hmm. for e- him to show up in the Dark Tower series or something where he's like, a wizard, yeah, I think and he's like, I've been alive for two thousand years. I I've been walking yeah. this mile, you know. It's built. Yeah. It's built just the same as the book is in the sense that it's an old man telling the story. It, except in the book, he's just writing it. It's him like writing his memoir, you know. Oh, instead of it's, talking, instead to, of talking to someone directly. Um, I like that aspect that they added then in the movie that he where they, someone, he's talking to that woman because at the end you get that line where he's like i'm gonna i've watched all my loved ones die. i'm gonna i'm gonna watch you die yeah, you get to die yeah <laughs> and then you see her die you know and it's just we're not see her die but see her in her her casket and i i think that's such a beautiful thing to put mm-hmm. into the movie because it just adds more to what the movie's about yeah. you know um i just thought it would be interesting to have him be like a little bit younger than what he looked like as the actor in the movie oh, to more mean... get a point across that like I'm a hun- where she's like that doesn't make any fucking sense and he's like I'm 108 years old and they do- but blatantly doesn't look it you know I thought that would have been kind of if he looked more yeah. like in his 60s and less like in he, his 80s you know when he said I'm 108 I was like yeah you are I was like, that, <laughs> yes you are motherfucker exactly I was like that tracks you know because exactly if he lives to be a thousand he's just going to be a literal skeleton <laughs> by the end of it just the consciousness holding on to a skeleton he's, he's obviously aging accurately for a human mm-hmm. you know i wonder still. if he if he were to maintain the shining ability if he could like prevent himself from aging even further or like even de-age a little bit i don't know these are all it, it i think the shining comes with your mental capabilities 
Mm. And so, like, we see Danny as a young boy. He's not a grown adult. But then again, John Coffey doesn't have that much intelligence either. Mm-hmm. So it, it's crazy to see how much power John Coffey has compared to Danny. And I think that's maybe a secret of his, like, not his ignorance or simplicity. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like he has all oh, that power because idea. he's someone worthy of having it someone who would never possibly abuse it you know and so it's like god's choice to give it to someone like john coffee you know because he's so sad that that final those final lines of his where he's like i'm tired you know i'm tired of not having a friend you know and just tired of wandering around by myself all the time i i hate that fucking line because like why didn't he have any friends why did no one like him why did no one want to be his buddy i would have fucking loved john coffee i guess he was too much in white scary Um, frankly, sounds uh, about white. Sounds about white. I, I wish I could travel into this story and give John Coffey a real a great big, big hug. hug. Yeah, yeah, for real. You'd see some scary I shit. Would, I would love I would, to go into this it. story and um, feed Mr. Jingles. <laughs> Me too. Me too. I want to see what happens when you give a mouse a cookie. <laughs> give a mouse a spindle. Cookie, I can't wait. It has to take a bite. Cookie. <laughs> oh, Gotti. Uh, right, you want to rate it up? Yes. Who wants to go first? I guess mm. I'll go first. I guess we're all going to give it good-ass ratings now. Surprise, surprise to me. So mm. I'm curious to see where they're all going to fall in line with each other. I'm I'm giving this movie a 4.8. Damn. This is 4.8? This is automatically in my top 10 favorite movies. Oh, nice. And that's what time. I thought. That's why I can't believe I fucking fell for it because even me re-watching this movie, I was like, Ian's gonna fucking love this movie. <laughs> like, everything about it was a perfect recipe for you to love and I knew that. Yeah. So, no. Special effects, uh, old people, two of my great bigs whenever it comes to movies. If you got those two, oh, I'm on board. Um, but it's, no, it's it's beautiful. It's wonderful. Um, I think Spike Lee add criticism of this movie mm-hmm. and i do agree t- what the with fuck it. does spike lee know <laughs> well he knows how to grow up being black um, <laughs> oh, fair enough. but i i do agree with his criticism but i also feel like what it, was his criticism it, it falls into a genre that he's coined mystical negro which is where oh. you know the one black character in the in the property is magic is magic and there to serve a learning purpose for the white person and I, you know what? I agree. I agree with that completely. And it's beautiful. And I love it. And I know I'm not racist. Yeah. But I, this movie is just if so it, precious. To if me. you have to have, if you, if it's going to have to happen in a movie, this movie is the one it's going to have to happen in. Because, well, here, and here's my thing it's never a point of like, he's power he has this magic because he's black you right. know what i mean no, and that's yeah. where i would it's not like he grew up they're not connected to in each like other and, town yeah. and it's an, just a coincidence another thing about it is that none of the guards even remotely point out that he's black other yeah. than percy. percy yeah which is obviously he's just a piece of shit right you know what i mean because he could just as well be freaking john Mal- or malkovic in mm-hmm. freaking yeah. of mice and men you know yeah. he could have just been a big broad yeah. white guy but right. but like even more to the point like um, when they describe like the the prisoner they're bringing in, mm-hmm. they're just like he's big. Yeah, you know they're not like he's black. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they're like he's big. Yeah, you know so it, like yeah no the 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 race factor does not play into it other than the time period. Yeah, and yes. that's what I I find very approachable about this. Mm-hmm. And I love this fucking movie. It's a four point eight. I it, this is easily top 10 for me that's crazy i mean i agree the thing is is like to have rewatched this movie i was like fuck this movie's fucking good i couldn't believe how much 
it's like a rock solid masterpiece. We'll go back to to Sixth Sense real quick. I'm just saying, like, there's a lot of these movies that I've just overlooked that Mm -hmm. are fucking secret Mm masterpieces. Well, no, obvious masterpieces to the masses, but I've I've ignored them because they've already been talked about to death. Yes, absolutely. Um, I will give this movie a four point seven, and the reason I'm giving it a four point seven instead of a four point eight is because I gave the thing a four point eight and. The you thing like is, the thing yeah, well, yeah, the thing's more in my genre of movies, right? You know, um, but this movie is fucking phenomenal. The fact that it's just point one space behind the thing means nothing. Yeah, this no, movie is, yeah. is amazing. You know, I, I still love this movie to death. Um, like I said, with how little, like, how little moving around they do in this movie. They do a really good job with cinematography and still giving you these beautiful open shots. And there's goofy parts too, where they're like first hunting the mouse. Like it's yes. it's crazy mm-hmm. how how wide this movie will play. How much you know? fun you can have with these characters and be just weeping your eyes out with them at the exact same time. Yeah. Well, I am also gonna give it a four point eight, which was higher than I had originally planned, but it can't be lower than you two jackasses. <laughs> <laughs> and here's the funny thing is that it puts it higher than what I gave There Will Be Blood, which is like one of my all-time movies, but this is where I think that that's fine, is that I would say this movie is much more for fucking everybody. Yes. This is a masterpiece for the masses, like mm-hmm. you just said. I, w- I would be shocked to try to listen to someone shit on this film and be like oh that movie sucks i'd be like please enlighten me on that mentality but i can totally understand people feeling that way about there will be blood you know Mm -hmm. that's such a personal obsession i have with that film so this is definitely a much more rock solid i mean truly like i said masterpiece of like wall to wall this is this is this is fucking cinematography masterclass at its best you know all fucking cylinders firing everybody's acting performance is fucking killing it the the set piece is being fucking phenomenal i mean every every little detail fucking hammered out to be amazing you know that's too good so i can't even think of any real big loopholes or not loopholes plot plot holes holes that this movie could potentially have because Mm -hmm. it genuinely feels like such a nice rock solid little story you know i I mean there is one i feel like on top of that like i was so enveloped in the movie i couldn't find like i couldn't find anything mentally to like look for something wrong Mm -hmm. because i'm so in love with what's What's going going on on, you know i can't wait to see more of frank durabont's uh picture making in the mist uh, in the mist which it... we'll be doing before Shawshank if okay. if, if we do do the swap out mm-hmm. um cuz Shawshank we're ending with let's Shawshank let's just let's just let's just sit we're swapping it out we're going to do it we're swapping thinner, it thinner. out sorry uh fucking uh, Christopher Walken you're yeah. you're out of here we'll see you next year when we do we're, King we're doing Marky Mark instead <laughs> Christopher Walken <laughs> better start walking is that who isn't that who it is no i think you're thinking about uh the happening the happening yeah who's the lead in the mist it's someone relevant is it Adrian Brody it's um, um, William Shatner. I don't know. Oh, I clicked on a TV show of The Mist. God damn it! It's Thomas Jane, The Punisher. Yeah, Thomas the Jane, Punisher. Dude, I knew he's my favorite. Night. No, actually, I can't say that anymore. Oh, he he's not your favorite Punisher no. anymore. No, no. Oh John shit! It has, yeah. it has exactly. William Satter and fucking Jeffrey Dulham in it, which wow. were both in uh, this movie. God damn it! That's so funny. So wow. what are we doing next week, guys? Uh, next week, we're going to be talking about misery. Oh, that's going to be miserable. I'm just I This is another Stephen King movie that I saw when a long time ago, 
And I vaguely remember it, so I'm excited to get get to this movie. Me too. Kathy yeah. Bates. Um, I forget. Do you, do you think she Kathy Bates it? Just Kathy hates it. <laughs> <laughs> I forget who uh, what the man's name is in this it movie. It is it's James Con. James Con, right? And yep. he he's Stephen King, right? Yes. <laughs> he is a he is like a Stephen King stand-in. Yes. yes. Uh, this movie is directed by Rob Reiner. Out 1990. Uh, so this will be a first again for me. Yeah, same here. Never seen it, but mm-hmm. I'm excited. I There's Rob Reiner movies I enjoy, so mm-hmm. that means that he at least has the directing chops to have entertained me already. So yeah. And this movie is also iconic. Yeah, 1990. Yeah. Iconic. Kathy Bates is yep. going to fucking scare the shit out of us, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to be like, ah! Ah! Oh, Kathy! Oh! <laughs> Kathy, what are you doing there? Yeah, she's going to be standing in front of me and she'll be like, Oh shit! <laughs> you punched the shit out of that. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, is this the end? rate and review us on All iTunes. Yeah, do it. Um, also, follow us on Instagram. That's in the show notes below. We love you guys. Yeah, Keep we do. Back. We I, we we saw the spike and and we loved it. I love you. And uh, the the listenership just keeps growing. And we thank you guys for sticking around so so much. I love you. I uh, hope y'all are all having a great holiday season so far, even yep. though we're just kind of kicking it off now. Yes. But uh, yeah, next week we're going to just be filling the misery. So uh, get ready, guys. We will uh, see y'all then, and we will see you on another time. Bye, guys. Get the fuck out. Goodbye. Okay, this one's going to be real bad news for my ass.